Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah wa barakatuh. Perception is a big part of our existence. We perceive and we draw conclusions, and the conclusions that we draw um, have impact on us. Not everybody draws the same conclusions from the same set of circumstances. Um, not everybody sees things the same way. There's an app now called Fandango, which has to do with movies. And each movie has something they call Rotten Tomatoes. And it gives you, people vote as to whether they like the movie or not. And they'll give you a, a, a readout. And it'll say 18% or 32% or 92% uh, or 88% or some percentage of the people who went to see the movie uh, liked it. Now, what I find interesting is that no movie has zero. Uh, they all got some percentage, which means for some of the people who went to see it, the movie was a great experience. Now, maybe it was raining outside and their great experience was they got out of the rain, but they had a great experience. Other people didn't like it at all. Uh, I have found, usually, that if a movie is over 85%, it's probably worth seeing. Uh, if it's in the 20% range, it probably isn't worth seeing. Yet, for some people, it was worth seeing, and they had a wonderful experience at that movie. Their perception of what went on was positive. Others' perception was they had to walk out. Well, that means that lots of people can be in the same place, apparently doing the same thing, but an entirely different set of circumstances are going on inside of them. When we were with our sheikh. One of the things that should have been noticeable was that his demeanor and his appearance was consistent. And his demeanor was kind and loving and generous and merciful. And there was a whole room of people there whose attitudes towards him and towards each other were all quite different. Yet at the core of it, at the center of it, was this benign, merciful demeanor. So we can be sitting in a room together with other people or even in a car. And some of us can be embroiled in the fact that the car next to us got a little too close to our car 
and somebody else could not even have seen it and had no reaction at all and be calm. The world's funny like that. And we need to understand that we can change our demeanors. And that a lot of what we go through in our existence is because of the way we react to things and our attitude towards things. And if we can maintain a positive attitude in the face of difficulty, difficulty becomes something other. It's no longer a difficulty, it's just a circumstance. And it's not a personal circumstance, it's just a circumstance. But if we take on these circumstances as if they had something to do with us, then there's an internal reaction to the circumstance, and it affects us, it affects our demeanor, it affects our tranquility, it affects our peace. When we learn that the only thing personal in our existence is our relationship with Allah, everything changes dramatically. If somebody casts blame on you, that has nothing to do with you. That has to do with their internal circumstances, their internal needs. But it has nothing to do with you. You just happen to be the object of their internal circumstances. If you point them in another direction, it'll be focused at somebody else. You need to stay away from those kind of people, by the way. People who focus and when they become close to you, become enemies of you, are people you shouldn't be friends with. And there are a lot of them. Anybody they come close to, they have this internal machination that takes them into a conflicting relationship. That's who they are. They are in conflict. And if they are in conflict internally, they're going to have conflicting relationships with whoever they are in touch with. Uh, I had a driver once who every car that went by, he had a reaction to. Not every car. Many cars that went by, he had a reaction to. And it was a very personal reaction, as if he somehow had some kind of personal relationship with the person in that car that was driving. It used to make me crazy. Because he'd be mumbling the entire time he was driving, and I was sitting, having to put up with this mumbling, and I could never understand how these absolute strangers could affect him like that. Actually, I could understand. Um, those were the only relationships he had. <laughs> and that was how he formed relationships. The, 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 the point is that we 
create most of our situations. We create the internal manifestation of what goes on while we are in our various circumstances. And we choose how to react unless we have no control. Unless we are robotic and have been so preconditioned from our childhood to react certain ways to certain things. We've been taught by our parents to react in certain ways. Some religions teach that you shouldn't have contact with people from other religions. Some religions teach that you shouldn't be involved with people from other religions. In India, 30 years ago, if you were caught in the shadow of an untouchable, you had to go home and bathe. If you walked too close to an untouchable, you had to go home and bathe. Some Hindus felt that way about Muslims. If they walked into one on the street, it was a great problem. And you had to cleanse yourself of being inflicted upon. Most of the afflictions, mental and emotional, that we have are caused by what's going on inside of us, not but not by what is being thrown at us. Our perception is what causes our trauma. Our perceptions are what cause our difficulty. And if we can change the nature of our perception, we can change the nature of our trauma. We can change the nature of our difficulty in this existence and the nature of our existence. If our focus is on Allah, then that which the world throws at us has no impact because we're focused somewhere else. The dervish was walking through the market and somebody was selling watermelons and screaming at the top of his lungs, the sweetest there is, the sweetest there is, and the dervish fainted. Why? Because somebody else recognized that Allah is the sweetest there is, the sweetest there is. That's where his focus was. If the things that happen around you happen internally in relationship to the nature of your focus. Baba looked at all of his children like a father or like a doctor. He didn't look at them as people that he was in competition with or who could affect his demeanor. 
He was there to help their demeanor. He wasn't there for his demeanor to be affected. He wasn't there for his emotional uh, well-being to be affected. When we go out into the world, do we go raw or do we go protected? Do we go are we are we ready to be graded G R A T E D by anything that we see and anything that we hear and anything that reacts to us? Or are we emotionally secure enough that whatever goes on around us doesn't enter into our internal being. We go to the movies with the expectation of being taken on an emotional ride of some sort. And we go with the expectation that it's going to be an external emotional ride and we are somehow going to attach ourselves to it and allow us, ourselves, to be taken by it. Well, when you leave, when the lights go on, is the movie over? Or are you still in that place where your surroundings take you on emotional roller coaster because you've opened yourself up to whatever is going on around you? Are you too sensitive to the world because you're not sensitive to Allah. We have to desensitize to the world and refocus with Allah. As long as we are raw to the world, our nerves will be affected and we will be taken for a ride in the same way that we're taken for a ride in the movies. People feel free to cry and gasp in the movies. Um, At sports events, I've seen people have entire emotional catharsis while plays are going on. They'll be screaming at the top of their lungs with hundreds of people sitting around them as if it's permissible. Well, I've seen people in the street screaming at the top of their lungs with hundreds of people around them as if it's permissible. One place is called crazy and another place is called a fan. The reactions are not a whole lot different. The difference is we choose to control ourselves in certain circumstances, and we choose not to control ourselves in other circumstances. We've learned how to react under different circumstances. Now, can we learn how to react under all circumstances? Can we learn how to react to the world of praise and blame so that the world of praise and blame has no effect on us. It is a constant in this existence that there's going to be 
praise and blame. You walk the street, somebody blows a horn at you. You're driving in traffic, somebody blows a horn at you. Uh, and then things happen. I was in Florida. And uh, I was, was going to make a right turn onto a 12-lane highway. Six one way and six the other. And for me, there were too many cars coming to turn. For the car behind me, <laughs> there were not too many cars, and I should have turned a while ago. And he was on his horn constantly. And I finally turned, and he pulled out behind me, and then he cut in front of me and stopped, and got out of his car, and came at my car. And I had my daughter and her friend in the car with me, so I did the only thing reasonable, I turned the car towards him, put on the gas, and he ran away. Or not, I, uh, run away is the wrong word. He moved, and I was able to get by him. Uh, I'm never going to forget this, because later on that day, my wife and I were watching television, and he was in a white Jeep, and there was a story on the news of a white Jeep who tried to cut off a car and had flipped over in a ditch, and the man died. And I'm sure... It was the same guy. But the point is, his perceptions were so out of control that he was blaming me for, I was on purposefully to keep him from going forward, not moving into these six lanes of traffic. In some places, this is acceptable traffic behavior. In some countries, everybody does it. I've seen it. They're all honking and carrying on. Where we live right here, it's not so much. Thank God. <laughs> People are generally polite to each other, and they understand that a lot of us are old and, <laughs> and don't drive the way we used to. But the point is that different people under exactly the same circumstances are going through entirely different things. So, what are you going through? What's going on inside of you? Do we understand that the world is always perfect? The problem is our inability to see perfection? And what do we do to change that paradigm? To change that way of seeing things? Can we, when we are a little out of control, say... It's not what's going on, it's me. And if I just change my attitude, everything will be different. It's not what's going on, it's me. I've been married for 44 years. And my wife tells this story that helps a lot of people. When we were young... Uh, and I was first practicing law, I couldn't leave it at the office. Whatever was going on, I would bring home, and I would be a pain in the rear. And my wife, who at that time uh, was a bit combative, was right back at me. 
And we would go at it for a little while, almost every day. And then she says, one day she realized that I came home the same way every day. What would happen was, it depended on her how the time would go after I got home. If she wanted to be combative, there would be a fight. But if she said, would you like a cup of tea, dear? (laughs) Or do you want a sandwich, dear? Everything would be diffused, and there wouldn't be a problem. Now, fortunately, I have a wife who figured that out. And when she tells that to other people, you'd be surprised how many marriages it helps. You'd be surprised how many people that little story just straightens things out for them. We have some uh, people who come to some of my meetings uh, out of town who every time uh, the husband comes in, he said, my wife gave me two sandwiches yesterday. And it becomes a joke. But it's not a joke. If it gets to the point where it's a joke, then alhamdulillah, it becomes wonderful. But the point is, you have to learn how to create peaceful situations. It's not the circumstances. It's me. And when my wife figured out she was really the one in control, and she could maneuver the circumstance, the circumstances became much, much easier. Marriage is a place for learning those things. (laughs) Because you're so close to each other. And you spend so much time together. And if you can learn it in marriage, you can take it out into the world. But we have to learn it. We have to learn that it's not the circumstances. It's me. We have gone through... Uh, in my life, from living to, when we were first married, we lived in a basement apartment where you had to duck your head to get under the pipes, uh, to where things became more and more visibly comfortable. The point is, we hardly changed at all uh, towards each other and towards the way we were with each other. Uh, once she understood about tea, and I understood about uh, the fact that it wasn't about the circumstances, it was about me, things began to go easily. And the outside circumstances no longer controlled our situations. This is a big step on the spiritual path. And if you can't take this step on the spiritual path, you can't take a step onto the spiritual path. Because there are always going to be circumstances that are going to be challenging. And if you react to those circumstances in a wild, vicious, uncontrollable, emotional, out-of-control way, you can't get to the point where you enter into hak reality, the spiritual reality, 
that we're trying to accomplish. You can't be merciful and angry simultaneously. You can't be emotionally out of control and compassionate simultaneously. You somehow have to learn how to be in a state that is calm and in control no matter what our surrounding circumstances are. Allah judges everyone fairly. He doesn't give advantage to people because of their wealth, because of their looks, because of their fame, because of their family. He judges everyone fairly. There is a great justice in Allah. And we shouldn't be involved in thinking that our circumstances are what control our lives. There was a movie called Delancey Street, which was about a girl from Manhattan and a young man from the Lower East Side, Delancey Street, who worked selling pickles. And every day when he came home, he used to have to scrub his hands with lemon juice to get the smell of pickles out of his hand. And he made a nice living, and he was very educated, but he sold pickles and he stank from pickles. And an old woman, an older woman, sets these two people up. And they go out on a date. And uh, she asks him what he does. And he says, I sell pickles. But that's not who I am. And we have to realize that whatever we do in this world... It's not who we are. People are, con- you know, I, 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 I practiced law. And people used to call me a lawyer. Well, that's not who I am. I happen to have some knowledge of how the legal system works. And if you need help within the legal system, I had the ability to manipulate the legal system in your favor. But that's not who I am. I could have sold pickles. I'd still be the same person. We either have the qualities of a human or we have the qualities of a lawyer. (laughs) And the qualities of a lawyer are a lot different depending on who the lawyer is. But we need to understand how to separate ourselves from our circumstances. We need to be able to understand that we are true human beings. And that's who we are. We don't define ourselves by our work. We don't define ourselves by our neighborhood. We don't define ourselves by our nationality. We don't define ourselves by our race. We don't define ourselves by our religion. We define ourselves by our relationship to Allah. And there is the truth. And everything else 
is something that we've plastered onto ourselves because we don't know the truth or we're not willing to reach for the truth or we're not we don't have enough depth to go towards the truth or we're too lazy to move towards the truth or we're too caught up in praise and blame and ego and fame we have to let go of all of those things we have to let go of our titles we have to let go of our wealth we have to let go of our fame or imagined fame or imagined wealth or imagined titles we have to let go of everything to strip ourselves down to the truth of who we are and the truth is that we have been created more exalted than anything we can imagine or any label we can give ourselves in the world or any label that the world can give us our creator has given us more than any of that and what we've done is we've covered up what he's given us with the residue that we find in this world with the dung that we find in this world and we smear ourselves with it as if it was some kind of grandiose perfume like the dog who eats raw bones because they scratch his mouth and he tastes his own blood and he thinks he's having a delicious meal somehow we need to keep our focus on the truth and separate ourselves from that which is not true and we have to learn how and one of the ways we did that was by watching the teacher and we saw all kinds of circumstances swirling around him yet he was always in the middle serene as the world swirls around us as the world turns around us we need to stay serene the world is going to continue to turn praise and blame is going to continue to praise and blame how we react is the proof of who we are how we react is who we are if we react with anger we're anger if we react with jealousy we're jealousy if we react with spite we're spite if we react with vengeance we're vengeance if we stay in a state of love we're love if we stay in a state of mercy we're mercy if we stay in a state of compassion we're compassion who am I who do I want to be and what am I doing about it these questions are constantly repeated if we're trying to know ourselves and we've all been told to know ourselves is to know our Lord and if we want to be on the path of knowing our Lord these questions of who am I should always be in front of us 
Man is capable of being the most exalted creature in all of creation or being lower than a worm. We all know worms. And fortunately, we've all known exalted beings. Who do you want to be? And what do you have to do to accomplish it? This is where our focus should be. May Allah give us the sight to be able to see the truth. May he give us the ears to be able to hear the truth. May he give us the tongue to be able to taste the truth and the nostrils to have the ability to smell the truth. May the truth be our touchstone. May we not leave our understanding of the truth. May the truth be close to us. May it be closer to us than anything in this world. May our intention be for the truth and for justice and for Allah. Amin. Amin. Ya Rabbi Lalameen. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.